Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you today for this opportunity to study your word. We do look to you for direction, for answers and instruction in righteousness. Thank you for increasing every one of us in the knowledge of you today. Lord, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, hearts open and receptive. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. John 8, verse 31. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in me, uh, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And so we've been discussing the eyes of your understanding. And we're talking about receiving revelation knowledge and being able to clearly and accurately perceive and understand spiritual realities. And so I also want to uh, show you Ephesians chapter 1 that we've been making mention of each time. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 16. This is the Apostle Paul writing, said he... He said, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. So he continually, repeatedly prayed for them. In verse 18, he said, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. And so this was a centerpiece of Paul's prayer for the church in their day. And it is also... uh, the same thing that we need today not only do we need to hear the word with our physical ear or look at the scriptures in the bible but we need to really hear it we need to really see it and only then are we able to walk in the freedom that truth is intended to bring truth is truth what's true is true god is true i mean god is god no matter who you say he is He is still the same. Whether I acknowledge him to be who he is or whether I don't, that doesn't change the fact. That doesn't change you. I mean, I am who I am no matter whether you you think that, whatever you think about me or not. You know what I'm saying? You are who you are. If I don't know you, I may think something about you that's completely untrue. I may, there may be some, some people, I mean, not in here, but other places that, you know, when I think about them, I kind of have a negative feeling and I may be wrong they are who they are independent of how and what everybody thinks they are and we need to understand this just as we know that's the case about us has there anybody has there ever been someone to misread you has anyone misunderstood you in your life and they thought you did something with a with a a false or a wrong motive and you knew you didn't You were trying to help and just do things right and someone took it the wrong way and someone believed something about you that was untrue. Maybe they shared it with someone else but at the minimum they kept at arm's length from you as far as a relationship and it was based on something that wasn't true. Same thing is the case with the Lord. There are people today who are staying at arm's length from Him or further right because of something they believe about him and it's just not the case but God is still the same he's still who he is no matter if I know it or not but how many know this is where we benefit or don't benefit based on what we know about what 
he is and who he is. And if I can see him accurately and in truth, whoo, man, I'm going to be drawn to him. I'm going to have a better relationship with him. But if I believe something about the Lord that's not true, man, that's just going to serve to hinder me. Okay, that's one of the reasons why this is so important. I can't walk with the Lord closely and as He intended unless I know Him, unless I see Him in accuracy and clarity. So my eyes must be opened. Praise God. And I'll tell you what, I'll be honest with you. I've seen some things. I know some stuff, some spiritual things that have absolutely changed my life. How many, how many here today, could you could say as well, you could say, the Lord has shown me some things in my life, and it changed everything. I mean, it really radically transformed my life. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. And, and these things can happen more and more, increase more and more. You ever had where you were uh, just going through your day, and you yawned or maybe chewed some gum or something like that, and all of a sudden your ears popped open? And you didn't even know they were closed. huh? You didn't even know your ears were plugged. You thought you were hearing fine. And all of a sudden, wow, well, that's nice. It's kind of comforting. But all of a sudden you heard, you know, you could hear the air conditioner running. And you could hear all kinds of sounds. And you didn't realize you were deaf or to a degree. Likewise, spiritually, the same thing happens. When our eyes are enlightened and opened, we start to see things that we didn't see. We didn't know they were there before. We start to hear, well, the Lord is talking to me. Here I've been begging the Lord to talk to me, and He's been talking all along, but I've just had my ears plugged. That's a problem. Amen. And so the eyes of our understanding can be enlightened, and here it's very important for us to understand this. It's not done by human effort. Okay, it's not just that I do enough and earn myself a place, and if I work hard enough or strive enough, then I'll see. If I study Greek and Hebrew enough, then I'll really know. A lot of times there are false um, ideas about how we are to achieve certain things in life. And many times people will look at others, like the example I said, because I've heard people say this, if I only knew Greek and Hebrew... I would really be able to understand the Bible better. Well, not necessarily. I'm not saying those tools couldn't be valuable, but sometimes if we approach it strictly from an academic standpoint that I'm going to know God because I know languages, that's just not true, okay? And there are many people who have no understanding of uh, the origins and the original languages that walk in great revelation of truth. I remember hearing, uh, well, a guy came to me a number of years ago and he was making mention of this ministry team that traveled, and I think they were a singing group, and, and they traveled all around and, and, and ministered through song at different meetings, just night after night, just basically in church all the time, and that was their job. And this person was saying to me, wouldn't that be great to be in something like that where you're always, I mean, that's just what you do, you're just in church. And as I talked to them more, they were basically communicating this to me. They felt like they would be less likely to backslide if they, were, if they had a job like that. And because, well, they're always in church, and their concern was they had kind of been in and out, and they'd be walking with the Lord close for a little while, then they wouldn't. And they didn't like that about themselves. And 
That's understandable. People feel guilty about doing that. And he, he was just trying to figure out a way where, man, I could just be consistent with God. And I could walk with him consistently week after week, month after month, year after year. And I just had to tell him, I said, I got to let you in on a secret here. There are people that do that that backslide. There are people that have a position or it's their employment, their job, and they're in church all the time, and they're not real close to the Lord, okay? That's not the key. In fact, those things should be in place first (laughs) before you put yourself in a position where others are looking to you for spiritual direction, encouragement, and so forth. And, uh, and so oftentimes we look at what someone else has and we assume that this is the reason, but it's not, okay? That's why we've got to accurately and clearly see the Lord and all He is and what He's done and what principles He's given us to live in and walk in so that we can experience and walk in the high life that He has intended for all of His people, all of His church in the earth. We've been talking to you about keys to understanding and seeing and let me just rehearse real quick we said to you number one that the new birth is essential because Jesus said unless one is born again he cannot see the kingdom of God and so seeing or or being able to understand with the mind uh, is based on first of all the new birth secondly we said a love of the truth is critical we must love truth We must love what's truth more than we love being right, more than we love our position or our our tradition. Tradition must always be secondary to truth, okay? They had that issue in Bible days. We have that issue today. And here's a good question to ask um, concerning everything that you believe. Ready? Where is the verse? that you base that belief upon and I'm telling you today do that with me if I make some statements that are like wow I've never heard that before ask the question not like in the middle of my message but (laughs) (laughs) write it down if you're unsure if you want to ask us or, or go seek it out yourself but that's a it's a good practice to follow where's the Bible verse on this If I really believe that this is true and I hold this fast in my heart to be a guiding principle that I live by and I believe about the Lord, where did I get it? Because some things we got from tradition or from another person we respected, but it was just not true. And this is the area we must have in order that uh, truth always wins out over tradition or the way things have always been or the way I've always believed it. Because... We need to make all of our beliefs subject to this. Are you listening? I remember a person uh, a few years ago, I was speaking with a person um, uh, about the Lord and just out in a parking lot of a restaurant and this person was asking me a question about all of the different denominations and groups and if you know who asks those questions, you already know what this person believed. Um, But they they were asking me, what about all the different groups and all the different denominations and Christian churches? They said, which one is right? And they were surprised to hear that I said, none of them are. Because they wanted me to pick one. (laughs) And then they got me. (laughs) 
I said, none of them are. I said, Jesus is right. And the rest of us, we're all right to the degree that we agree with him. But not one group has a bank on everything. Well, if you get in this group, then you're good. Well, no. There's things that are, are not correct about every group. All right? There's not a perfect group. And if you just find it, woo, well, you ruined it. <laughs> but what we need to understand is that the Lord is right. And we are in a process of renewing our minds and adjusting our thinking so that we think in accordance with what he said. And we act right. But we almost be, must be pliable in that regard to change. Anyway, I don't want to spend all my time on point number two because that was like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, number two, the love of the truth. Number three, we said a willing heart. We must have a willing heart. And number four, we said faith is very important okay in other words it's not just about human effort or or even academic study or these type of things that bring revelation and and understanding to our to our minds but it is faith it is believing that as we sit here today that God will show us new things that our eyes will be open to see more than we've ever seen before come on now every time we read the Bible every time we go to prayer we're believing that God is going to enlighten our eyes and it's something that only he can do. You can't give yourself a revelation. Hmm. And if you can, whoo, the rest of us are going to judge that thing. <laughs> we are going to be very skeptical, okay? And it does happen, by the way. Hmm. Can I tell you, and I know this is clear to a lot of us, but just because you're praying does not mean every thought that comes into your mind while you're praying is from the Lord. Even if you're praying in the Spirit, does not mean that every thought that comes into your mind is a prophecy, is a word of knowledge or a word of wisdom. I have had all kinds of thoughts. If we would be honest, it would take probably a few hours if we went around the room to discuss everything that you thought of during worship today. It would probably take a little while just to go through the worship team. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't mean that they're not qualified. It just means we have to focus. And many times things are coming into our minds. And it just not, has nothing to do with the Lord. It has to do with breakfast or lunch or things we've got, errands we've got to run or whatever. Are you listening? And so let's not be quick to call everything God. These things are not an exact science where you, where if, I mean, if the Lord were just speaking audibly to every one of us, that would be easy <laughs> as far as discernment, as far as knowing what's right and what's not. But that's not the way he moves, okay? We, growing, we grow in this, but even, you know, those of us who've been listening to the Lord for many years, it's not just always so crystal clear. Many times it's perception. You, you know something. And you judge it, and you look at it, and you take a little bit of time and wait on the Lord to make sure that what you believe is the Lord is the Lord. Amen. Well, I don't know why I'm saying all that, but uh, let's just, let's keep going. We receive understanding by faith. That's why we pray Ephesians chapter 1. We pray that prayer. Lord, open the eyes. I can't open my own eyes in this regard, but I can receive the veil being pulled back 
by your hand. And when you show it to me, I will see it. And I will be free. Okay? Number five is humility. Number five is humility. Another key to seeing and understanding. It is humility. I want you to look at Matthew chapter 11 with me. Matthew the 11th chapter. And the 25th verse. Matthew eleven twenty-five. It says, At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things. Understand that the Lord, I guess, hides things. Does the Lord ever hide things? Jesus was thanking the Lord that he did. Thank you, Lord. You have hidden this, these things from the wise and prudent and have revealed them to babes. Those are the really good looking ones. <laughs> No, but hidden them from the wise and prudent, but revealed them unto babes. There are some characteristics about, quote, babes, not talking about hot chicks, <laughs> but talking about a, a state of innocence and humility that really qualifies a person to receive from the Lord. And it is that heart that is necessary. What does the Lord do with those the babes that he's revealed things to. Not talking about actually literal babies, physical babies either. Little babies don't know anything. <laughs> Are you listening? Uh, uh, so it's talking about, um, you know, an attitude of the heart that we have of humility. But what does the Lord do? He reveals things to those of that nature with that heart content. Praise God. I want the Lord to reveal things to me. And I want more. I'm so thankful for what I've seen, for what I do know and understand from the Lord. Man, I want more. It's like eating some good ice cream. Mm. I want more. <laughs> and when you receive from the Lord, wow, you want more. And this is who He reveals things to. You know, another verse of Scripture that you don't need to turn to is Obadiah verse 3. Someone said, I didn't even know there was an Obadiah. <laughs> it's right by Hezekiah. You know? Yeah. No, Obadiah is an actual book. Verse 3, it says, the pride of your heart has deceived you. In other words, pride brings deception. Okay? Whereas humility puts us in a place to see clearly and accurately. And so pride is one of those issues we want to avoid if we ever want to walk in and uh, a revelation of truth and have our eyes open. It's one of those blinding forces. Um, the proud person many times simply won't admit to being wrong. A proud person doesn't want to admit that they don't know something. And because of that stance, they close themselves off from receiving more but here's another truth you know back to what we said already like you are who you are no matter what someone else thinks about you and the Lord is likewise the same you know what you know you see what you see I have a certain degree of understanding and knowledge and it doesn't change just because I want to act like I know more than I do 
or I refuse to acknowledge that I don't know something. You know, and you know, being a pastor, that's not exactly real comfortable for someone to ask you a Bible question you don't know the answer. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> but how many know the facts are the facts? I is what I is. And it doesn't change because I, if I want to put on some air of superiority where I want people to think that I know everything, I've experienced everything, me and the Lord. I mean, I spend, I'm in, you know, I take trips to heaven daily. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's either happening or it's not. And if I make you think like I'm more than I am, doesn't change the fact that I still am what I am. And it really, what it does is it closes me off from receiving more. And I've had people come and, you know, they receive stuff. I both I've in one-on-one um, talks and in situations like this, well, I knew revelation was coming to them, but they acted like they already knew it. And I knew they didn't. I thought, you know, that's only going to hinder you. I'm not impressed. Does it really make a difference? Are you more impressed with me if I already knew it? <laughs> I'm not more impressed with you if you already knew it. The goal is we want truth that makes us free. You know, I don't have no, any less opinion of you if you don't know something, because I know plenty of stuff that I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm aware, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> that there's plenty of things that I know, don't know, and if you don't know something, that's not a, a disrespect of you. Amen. Amen. But pride comes in there and tricks people. You've got to set yourself up as, yeah, I already knew that, <clears throat> especially if you've been saved a while, if you've been in church a while, maybe if you've been to Bible school. Maybe if you've studied the Word for a long time. Well, I, you know, sometimes people proudly, I used to teach Sunday school. <laughs> I taught this class for 20 years. Well, it doesn't mean you know anything. <laughs> hmm? All I have is pity for those you taught. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Here's the point, though. We must have a heart of humility that says, you know, it's not acting like we're fools. We don't know anything. We do know some stuff. You know, you know what I mean? We all know some things that are very valuable to us. But we also acknowledge at the same time, there's much to learn, much to grow in, much to understand. And I don't want to have my pride be a hindrance to me receiving more. Hmm. I, well, I know this. Sometimes it's, it depends on where people are. But I know when I first started in a teaching and preaching ministry, I was like uh, 22 years old. And so, you know, sometimes when someone's 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 or 70 or 80, and you got some young whippersnapper up there preaching, <laughs> there can be some built-in challenges. Like... What is this little punk going to tell me? <laughs> and one, you got to watch respect, even when someone's young. Because you got to recognize sometimes, you know, the hand of the Lord is upon someone. Amen. And sometimes people disrespect the Lord. But I know this, I can, I can receive from people far younger than me with far less experience if they know anything. I mean, if they've got the Word and their, their anointing of God is on them, Man, I'm just, I'm smart to pay attention. Many times people don't receive from the Lord because they don't 
want to receive from the person it's coming through. And whether it's an age issue, whether it's some other type of uh, prejudice of some kind where I don't like that person, well, big whoop-de-doo. Do you want God or not? Do you want revelation and understanding? Could it be that I'm praying and crying out to God for wisdom and revelation that He would give me an answer to my question and He chooses on purpose to bring it through someone that I'm not real comfortable with? I think he just might do that and say, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to do it for you, but I'm going to do it through this person. Mm. I want you to go ask this person to pray for you. But Lord, why would I want them to pray for me? I know way more than they do. I should be praying for them. Watch out. Amen. Pride can be a big problem. Humility is a key to understanding. Amen. Let's go to number six. Number six. Key to understanding is walking in the light that you have. Walking in the light that you have. If I want more light, I must walk in the light that I have. I must appropriately use what knowledge and revelation that has already been given to me if I'm ever going to expect the Lord to give more to me. Now, Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9 is an example of this principle. This is Saul, who later became known as Paul and wrote much of the New Testament. Many of you know the story of Saul. He was persecuting Christians. He was against the way of the Lord and did not acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah, as the Savior, but he had an encounter with God. Thank God he did. He had an experience with the Lord on the road to Damascus. And verse 6, it says, So he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? That's a good question. Have you ever asked the Lord that question? Ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Now, if you're like me at all, I look at that and I think, you know, we're having a kind of a supernatural experience here. I mean... Revelation, I'm, I'm hearing the Lord. He's speaking to me. It's not just impressions. The Lord is talking to him. He's hearing words, seeing the lights, all this stuff. Why not go ahead and give me the rest of this? <laughs> Lord, what do you want me to do? I'll tell you later, basically is what he's saying. He said, I want you to go to the city, and then I'll tell you. But we're like, we're like here right now. We're talking. Go ahead and tell me. The Lord doesn't always do that, does he? Many times the Lord will deal with you, and you'll ask him a question. He'll say, do this, and then I'll tell you. Go here, and then I'll tell you. In other words, act on what I've already given you, and I will show you more from that point. What if Paul said, or Saul, said, you know what? This is the place where the Lord speaks to me. 
this is my special place on the road. And he built himself a little shack there, put a little tent. This is the spot where God revealed himself to me. I'm not leaving here because I know God will speak to me here. Well, he won't because he said, go there and then I'll speak to you. And there must be action. We must walk in the light of what we know. In his case, he knew to go. Go here, then I'll tell you. Well, how can, why would I even go there? I don't know what clothes to bring. I don't know what I'm going to prepare for after that. Do I need to make an ATM withdrawal before I go? I mean, is there even a Panda Express over there? I mean, <laughs> where am I going to eat? I need to know more, Lord. I've got to have more revelation and understanding before I know what I can do next. No, you don't get it. Okay? The Lord gives us many times. He just does it this way. Do this, and then I'll tell you. Basically, if I'm not acting on what I already have received from the Lord, I'm not getting any more. The Lord loves me, but He's not talking. Lord, why won't you talk to me? And if it, I would just encourage you, if you found yourself in a, in a place where you've sought God, and I don't mean you just spent five minutes, but you wait on the Lord and you pay attention and read His Word, and you're listening to Him. You come to church, you're expecting to hear, and it seemed like you've gone quite a bit of time and nothing's happening. You're not getting any direction or understanding. Go back to what the last thing He said. Is there something that the Lord dealt with you about before. When I say said, oftentimes it's not this dramatic of an experience. It's just you knew the Lord wanted you to do something. Is there something you know the Lord dealt with you, but you've kind of just left it alone? You didn't fulfill it. Go back and do it, and guess what? Ching, here comes the light on again. And you'll start seeing things. You start having more revelation and understanding than you've had for a while. Look at Luke 16. Praise God. Luke chapter 16. We'll just show you a few more things here today. Luke 16 and verse number 10. 1610. This is about faithfulness. Faithfulness is a key to increase in any area of our lives. Use what you get and get more. Luke 10, 6, Luke 16, 10. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is unjust also in much. If you look at the 12th verse, he said, And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? And so we know that using what we have is very important, a very important key to getting more. Whether we're talking about wisely and responsibly using money, resources, gifts, anointing, any ability that you have, whatever we receive, the time we have on the earth, these things get increased and magnified through proper use. You do it right, you get more of it. Remember, Jesus talked about, I'm going to get ahead of myself here. Let me back up. We are told throughout numerous scriptures we're, we're, we're taught this principle that we should be good stewards of what we've been given 
Sometimes that message is taught in relationship to finances and giving. It really goes beyond that. Everything we've been given in life, every, everything that the Lord has entrusted us with, we are supposed to be good stewards of that. In other words, we properly manage the affairs of another. In other words, it belongs to the Lord. He's given it to us to put to use in the earth. Okay, again, whether it's intangible things like abilities and time and or it's finances and things like that it's all we're to be good stewards of what God has given us do you think that the Lord also lives by that principle that he doesn't waste stuff see what we need to understand the Lord he is very generous and abundant in nature if we don't see that clearly here on earth guaranteed we will see it in heaven hopefully we'll see it here first and we can experience that but that's the very nature of God he's extravagant someone said moderation in all things no moderation in eating (laughs) everything else go for it (laughs) I'm telling you about being generous and being and having more than enough that's that's the nature of God so it is our nature too by the way but at the same time God is not a God of waste you know even when the the loaves and the fish were multiplied and there was abundance for everyone to eat the thousands of people remember that story at the end what did he say gather up what remains and of course bless the kid back right and 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 they they had the they had the extra there so it wasn't about waste but it was still about abundance praise the lord if you have people over to eat make too much food that's the nature of god say but people will get fat Uh, (laughs) that's not your concern (laughs) let that be on their own discipline (laughs) they want to eat more but you provide it for them (laughs) anyway Where was I at now? (laughs) Yeah. And so does God follow the same principles of being a good steward, if you will, or being wise with his resources? And the answer to that is, of course, yes. So that means that when he pours out knowledge and understanding and revelation to us who call upon him for it, does he really want to fill you up with something you're not going to use? Does he really want to give you all kinds of understanding so you can sit in your chair and not act on it and not do anything with it? I say no. He gives it to those who are going to go to the city. Amen. And the very act that he gave you a little bit and you said, Woo, yes, I got direction. I've got answers from heaven above and I'm going to act on this. And I'm going to the city. He says, that's a person I can trust who will put to use my valuable and precious resources. And we get to the city and there's more. And probably a little more than this. He already knows he's he's dealing with someone he can work with. Give you a little bit more. But not all. He's still a God of faith. He still wants you to act on what you have and believe for more to increase as you go. I really believe that, that a whole lot of dissatisfaction that people experience in their lives is not due to them not having something else 
or something new. But it is because of the in, improper use of what they do have. Or it is because uh, of simply no use of the things that have already been entrusted to them. Okay? Many times, uh, there are, the, well, many people think this way about marriage. They really don't, they think what I need is a new wife. They're always looking for something new, something different. And I know I'm married, but if I was just married to her, <laughs> or a woman says, if I were just married to that man instead of this man, then my life would be so much better. Everything would be, so, uh, would be greatly improved. Well, I think it's more along these lines. There's a little bit of improper use of what's currently happening and what is in place and what a person does have can be used um, you can be a better steward of what the Lord has given you and that will in itself produce much fulfillment and satisfaction because the person who carries that mindset throughout their life they're going to jump from person to person to person to person their family tree is really messed up by now but they're constantly going to come to a place where they're dissatisfied with their current circumstances. Why are you all looking at me so straight? <laughs> You're either thinking, oh, he's reading my mail, or, uh, and I don't want anyone to raise their hand. You may have had that thought this morning. If I just had a new wife, a new husband, everything would be so much better. Well, maybe not. Maybe you'd be with the new husband or wife for a couple years and get real tired of them too. Huh? You wear them out. <laughs> and, uh, and then get ready for it. Because listen, the problem, I'm not saying there's not some people issues, problems. But a lot, the biggest problem in a lot of this is, is mindset. Okay? And we have a wrong concept concerning uh, the grass being greener somewhere else. It's always better. It can always get better if I just had this. People do, that's, that's the reason some consider uh, leaving their family, their church family. Well, I'm just not feeling really satisfied and something's not exactly right. And well, maybe it's just improper use of what you've all been given. Maybe there's an opportunity to be a better steward of what the Lord has already given you. Hmm. And if you'll use it wisely, it will produce a complete fullness and satisfaction and fulfillment. And the Lord will increase you more and more. Say amen. amen. All right, whether you like it or not. <laughs> I'd encourage you to think this way with your time. Man, I just need more time. I just don't have enough time to get everything done. If we're using properly the time we have. And doing the right things with our time. You'll find that uh, your time will be maximized. You'll be fulfilled. You'll lay your head on the pillow at night. And uh, you got done everything you needed to do. Much of what we, the problems that we have again, we're not faithfully using what we do have. Because if we do act faithfully with what we've been given, I just know the Lord. Here comes more. Here comes increase. Here comes an abundance. 
I found that's true concerning things I've experienced in ministry about how the Lord uses me. When I giddy up and do something with what God has given me and step out in faith and maximize it to the best I know how, that's when He adds more to me. And there's more coming because I'm being faithful. I'm going to keep increasing more and more. Faithful with money, so we're going to have more. Faithful with this, so we're going to have more. Amen. I'm being faithful to you, whether you know it or not. Pray for you. Believe God that you'll increase and have the abundance in your life in every area. God will use you tremendously. So God's going to keep bringing more. Are you listening, Sal? I don't want there to be any more. Tough. Go somewhere else. Well, they don't pray for you. <laughs> Woo, shocking statements today. <laughs> Can't believe you said that. Well, God rewards and increases faithfulness. Let's be faithful with what we've got. Praise God. Amen. And so that point was walking in the light that we have. And we're going to end there for today. I'll give you the next point next week, and it's a good one. You're going to like it might want to come back at least consider it <laughs> pray about it <laughs> now just be here we'll be here next time father in the name of jesus thank you today for being with us your great your grace is sufficient for us your faithfulness to us is consistent you're always there for us and lord i thank you for helping us to see and know and clearly understand everything that you want us to walk in and live in Praise God, you're faithful to us. And so, Lord, we commit ourselves to be faithful unto all the resources, all the word that you've shown us, all that we've been given. And, Lord, we do expect and believe for increase more and more in each of our lives. So thank you for your help. Thank you for your, your direction and guiding, guidance in our lives today. You're doing a good thing in us. Praise God. Faithful you are. Father, I pray for those today who've never been born again, never been saved. They're not on their way to heaven.